see you guys. A um, couple quick things I want to share with you guys. One, um, every week um, in staff meeting, you know, our prayer is really that you guys would hear each and every Sunday from the Holy Spirit. Scripture talks about the Holy Spirit speaking to us to remind us of things that we've heard but maybe forgotten through Scripture or teaching us something new. And so that's always my hope is that it would never be me up here but you hearing from the Holy Spirit speaking to each of you in your lives wherever you might be. Um, and so that's my prayer again today. But I ask for you guys to also pray for me this morning because just like you guys, I'm, I'm a person. And so today is my first um, Father's Day without my dad. So if it's, if it's just me, I'm not going to get through the message today. Um, but if it's the Holy Spirit, I will. The second thing I want to share with you guys is um, I was joking around with my wife today. Um, we do a gift on Mother's Day and Father's Day for the moms and the dads. And so um, today, the fathers, you guys are getting a, a one-week devotional that was out there. Hopefully you guys saw it in the foyer before you came in here. But in addition to that, um, I also have credit card knives for you guys, a really cool gift, these pocket knives, credit cards, which I am keeping on my person, which I'm going to give you guys afterwards because I didn't want kids to get their hands on them. So all the men, you can come see me. I'll be at the father's uh, table back there in the lobby afterwards, and you can get those uh, from me. And my wife is like, Mother's Day, we get flowers, and you're giving out knives. I wanted a knife, so... Sorry, ladies, okay? But, and for those of you watching online, I'm sorry for you guys too, okay? You get to, you know, watch the service eating cereal in your PJs. These guys get knives, so it pays to show up, okay? Um, and I also want to say, next week we're ending this series. We're wrapping up this series called Age of Heroes. And if you're like a superhero fan, if you like that kind of thing, uh, if you like fun activities to do with your family, you are going to want to show up in church next Sunday because we're doing a pretty awesome giveaway for those who are in attendance next Sunday. So fair warning to our online folks, but I just want to let all of you guys know you're not going to want to miss the wrap-up of this series next week. But welcome to part five of this series called Age of Heroes. And we began four weeks ago, and we started by saying that God has created you with the heart of a hero, that inside of you beats the heart and the soul called by God to enter into spiritual battle and claim victory through the Lord Jesus Christ. And with the heart of a hero, one of the most important things in, in this life that God is calling you to do is to have an impact on the next generation of heroes. That, that to love and build up and equip the next generation of heroes to continue the work of God and advance the kingdom of God into the future, to leave a legacy. And in light of that, kind of our key verse for today is found in Psalm 127, verse 4 and 5. If you have your Bible or Bible app, but as always, we'll throw it up on the screen. But here's our verse for today. Like arrows in the hands of a hero are sons born in one's youth. Blessed is a man whose quiver is full of them. They will not be put to shame when they contend with their enemies in the gate. Like arrows in the hands of a hero, God has given you the hands of a hero. And men, when you become a father, it is your divine charge by God to, to pull back that spiritual bow with the arrows of your children, your sons and your daughters, and by faith to train them and empower them and release them into this world to do the work of God for his glory. God is calling you as heroes to release the next generation for the glory of God. The problem is that if you have a wound in your heart, as many of us do, when you attempt to draw back that bow, you might lack the strength to release the next generation into the world as God would intend you to do. And so that's what we're going to unpack a little bit today on this Father's Day in part five of our series entitled, The Wounded Hero. Today we're going to talk about a wound that is known as the father's wound. The wound between a father and a son. It's also true between a father and a daughter for all of our hero princesses out here this morning. And so why is this wound so common? Why is it that, that oftentimes we have this hurt, we have this wound in this relationship with male authority figures in our life? 
I have a theory, and it goes something like this. How many of you would, would honestly say today that, wow, in the best of all circumstances, in ideal circumstances, I would have preferred to have had a better relationship or a more meaningful relationship with my dad. Can we see a show of hands around the room? Look around the room. So many hands up in the air right now. So many hands. And part of the reason I believe that many of us kind of have this wound in our life with a male figure, especially a father, is because especially for young heroes, we tend to have an idealized view of our dad. For example, when I was a little kid, I would say, and I believed with everything in me that my dad could beat up your dad. Who as a kid believed that, that their dad could beat up your dad? Yeah, a lot of you guys did that, right? My dad um, was a bodybuilder when he was younger. He was a boxer. Um, then later in life, in my childhood, he, he ran um, his own multi-million dollar company. And even though he was only five foot six, like Tom Cruise in Top Gun, he could open up a can of spicy Indian chutney on somebody. I really believed that in my life. Because in my mind, he was smarter and stronger than anybody I knew. He was Superman in my mind. Somewhere, though, between our idealistic view that we have of our fathers and the real world, our expectations can be shattered by a person who is simply like all the rest of us, imperfect. And, and we think they're going to be a superhero forever. And then as we grow up, we discover that they're just like us, that they're people. And oftentimes their imperfections can lead to a hurt or a wound in our hearts. And as men, oftentimes we don't like to talk about that. We don't like to explore that. Most of us, we don't want to deal with it because it's painful. And so we try to pretend there's not a wound there. It's a lot like a certain tool found in our house, gentlemen. There's a certain tool in our house. It's called the vacuum. Have you heard of it? The vacuum. Many of you men don't know this. You know, our, our, our women might teach you about it. It's a, it's a very useful tool. It's a pretty awesome thing. And if you learn to use it, men, your hero princesses will be incredibly happy. They'll be very, very proud of you, and things will go well in your life. Amen, women? Um, I, I was trained on this early in our marriage, and uh, I, I have learned how to be rather skilled with the vacuum. In fact, I've learned how to use it. I've learned how to keep parallel lines. You never cross the lines, kind of like in Ghostbusters. You don't want to cross the lines. You want to keep them parallel. And I'm pretty good at vacuuming. But every now and then when you vacuum, you can come across an annoying piece of dirt or fuzz or lint on the ground, if you know what I'm talking about. And you might go over that piece of lint and it, it doesn't get picked up in the vacuum, and, and it's curious, and you go, hmm. And so you hit it again, and nothing happens, right? So then you decide, well, maybe I'll go at it from an angle, and so you go at it from an angle. And once again, it's still there, and you scratch your head. So then you get aggressive with it, right? And you're like, Arr! And still, still there. So finally, you stop. And what do you do? You bend down, yeah, and you pick it up. And you look at it, you examine it, this curious oddity that won't get picked up by the vacuum. And after you study it for a while, what do you do? You throw it back on the ground, right? Why do we do that? I don't understand that. You should have just taken it to the trash can and thrown it away, but it's the principle of the thing. You throw it back down to the ground and you try to vacuum it again and still it doesn't work. But the truth of the matter is, there are a lot of us heroes who kind of do that in life. There's a wound in our life. And we pass over it and we notice it once or twice. Maybe at some point we kind of pick it up and we examine it. We, we toy with it a little. We think about taking it before God and asking for healing. But at the end, we just throw it back down again. And we don't want to deal with it. And, and as, I've, as I've counseled people over the years, both men and women who've had difficult relationships, wounds with their dads, relationships that could have been better, I've noticed that a lot of people will describe their dad saying, my dad was distant, or he was uninvolved, or he was busy, or he was mean, he was angry. The question that I would like to pose to you today, though, is this. Here's my question. What words will your sons and daughters use 
to describe you one day? What words will your sons and daughters use to describe you one day? Will they call you loving? Will they call you faithful? Will they call you godly? Will they call you involved and engaged and caring? Or will they describe you as so many other fathers have been described in our culture today as disengaged, uninvolved, busy, selfish, angry, absent, even mean? Gentlemen, God has given you the heart of a hero. And there are few things more important in this life than your call to raise up the next generation. The problem is that if you have a wounded heart that's unresolved, you will not have the strength to pull back that bow properly as God intends for you to do. If you take a cornered animal who's wounded, what will happen? That animal will attack. If you take a wounded hero, a man who has a wounded heart, they'll have the tendency to wound others. And I don't know about you, but I don't want to pass along that kind of pain and that kind of wound to my kids. So as a wounded hero, I would choose to go before the great physician God, and I would ask him to do a healing work in me, a healing work that would break a cycle of wounds and pains from affecting my kids in the next generation. A healing work, I believe, that could happen as described in the Bible in Malachi 4.6, which says this, that, that he will turn the hearts of the fathers to their children and the hearts of the children to their fathers. It's my prayer that this is what God is going to do in our lives today. Now, let's just stop for a minute because I, I don't want you to get the impression today that this is a dad bashing fest because it's really not. Because I know that for some of us out there, we had a good relationship with our dad. And so I, I want to challenge those of you, for those of you here this morning, for those of you watching online who would say, you know what, I had a great relationship with my dad, that I was raised by a godly man, I was raised by a loving man. My charge to all of you this morning is to worship and thank God for that blessing in your life, to thank God that you were blessed with a man like that in your life. And I would challenge you that if, it's, if that was the case in your life and that if you're fortunate enough that your dad is still alive right now for you to call him or text him or if you can spend time with him today and say thank you dad for who you are and for what you did in my life. Maybe I don't tell you often enough. And to wrap your arms around him and give him a, give him a hug and let him know what he has meant to your life. And for those of you who would say again that I was not blessed with that kind of relationship with my dad, then this message today and what we're going to talk about today, God has designed it for you. Because we're going to go before the great physician today and we're going to ask him to heal some of the wounds in our hearts. Hero Scripture teaches us three things, three key areas that God wants to do if you've got the wound of a father in your heart. If you're taking notes, you can jot these down as we go through these today. Three practical things to think about. The first thing is this, number one. Number one, the hero must first acknowledge the wound. The hero must first acknowledge the wound. And, and let me tell you up front, heroes, most of us, we don't want to do this. We like to pretend that it's not there. I mean, if, 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 you, if you want to see a wounded hero in the Old Testament... All you have to do is look at the hero who is called a man after God's own heart. Just look at King David. I mean, if you read through the story of King David, I mean, it is, a, it is actually a, a sad story when you look at his relationship with his son, Absalom. It is a jacked up relationship between a father and a son. In fact, at one point, David wrote these words about the pain that he was facing in his life with the relationship with his son. This is what it said in Psalm 109, verse 22 and verse 26. He said, for I am poor and needy, and my heart is, what's that next word, church? Wounded within me. Help me, O Lord, my God. My heart is wounded within me. Heroes, some of us need to, like David, we need to acknowledge the wound in our hearts today. And let me tell you, we don't like to do that. Why? Because we've been trained 
by culture, often from childhood, that real men don't show emotion, that real men don't cry. I told you a couple weeks ago that some of my favorite guy movies are movies like Braveheart and Gladiator and 300, the Spartan movie. And if you've ever watched any of those movies, you'll see a hero take an arrow right to the chest. And what do they do? They just snap it off, right, and keep fighting. They just snap that arrow and keep on fighting. The silent message is, let's minimize the wound. Let's not address it. Let's pretend it's not even there. You know, when, when a guy gets hurt, maybe in a fight, typically, you know, other guys around them won't even say, are you okay? And if someone does say, you know, are you okay, the wounded guy will just brush it off. Oh, I'm fine. It's like a Monty Python episode, merely a flesh wound, right? Meanwhile, his arm is flopping on the ground. The only exception is when a guy takes a low blow. Then all men stop out of empathy, right? All the guys go, ooh, and just feel it with him when a guy takes a low blow. In fact, I just said that. A couple guys crossed their legs in the room right now without empathy. Gentlemen, we must learn to acknowledge a wound in our lives. Now, I don't know what the wound might be for you. And this is an incredibly complicated topic that, you know, is far vast than we could probably get into in a 30-minute message. It could be that maybe your dad passed away when you were really young. And, you know, it wasn't his fault, but, but you received that as, as a wound because you didn't have him in your life growing up. It could be that you grew up with a stepdad or, or multiple authority figures speaking into your life. It could be your dad, you know, worked all the time and was just really busy and was just absent from your life. Or your dad was maybe kind of a religious authoritarian nut and he just pushed rules and religion down your throat. Or, or maybe you were raised in an alcoholic home, you know, or a home with drug abuse. Or it could be you were physically abused, or you watched somebody that you love get abused. It could have simply been that you needed affection and affirmation, but your dad was just kind of reserved and distant, and he just wasn't very emotional. And you might think, well, how's, how's that a wound? Well, if you have a plant, there are a lot of different ways that you can kill a plant, right? You can crush it and smash it and, and break it or rip it apart. But you can also starve it of light or water. You could leave it in a dark room, and eventually it'll wither away. But either way, the plant dies. Many young heroes and heroines die a slow, painful death of the heart, craving attention and affection and affirmation that just wasn't there. I think about Jesus when I think about emotional pain. I think about what he went through. You know, there was the physical pain that he endured when he was crucified and he was tortured and then put on the cross. But I believe the physical pain he experienced, although greater than anything we could ever imagine, perhaps it was not as great as the emotional pain that Jesus felt when he literally bore the burden of all of our sins upon himself. He took all the sins of the world upon him so that he could die with it, so that he could defeat sin and allow us to be forgiven and redeemed from our sin. And when he did that, when he, when he became sin so that we could be saved, because God the Father is holy and perfect and without sin, God turned away. And when God turned away, Jesus uttered the most painful words of a son when he said, my God, my father, Abba, father, which means daddy, literally daddy. Daddy, daddy, why have you forsaken me? In my moment of greatest need, daddy, are you still there? Daddy, where did you go? There are some very strong heroes on the outside that if you peel through the layers of the onion and you get down to the wound, there's some hearts of some little boys and some little girls saying, Daddy, why weren't you there when I needed you? Why weren't you involved? Why did you hurt me? Men, God has given you such an important calling in your life to release the next generation of heroes into the world. But you cannot do what God has intended you to do until you allow God to heal the wound in your heart. Number one, acknowledge the wound. The second thing that scripture tells us that we need to do to heal the wound, number two, the hero must forgive through Christ. 
The hero must forgive through Christ. The hero must forgive. Now, some may say, well, what so-and-so did to me was not fair. They don't deserve forgiveness. You don't understand. They don't deserve it. Well, just remember, you don't deserve forgiveness either. My kids argue with me all the time about fairness, and I tell them fairness ended in the Garden of Eden. See, if God was fair, all of us, all of us would be on a one-way trip to hell. That's what our sin deserves, being forsaken and separated from a holy, perfect God for eternity. Praise God that God is not fair. He is a God of forgiveness, love, and grace. Jesus took all of our sins and was forsaken so we would never be forsaken and so that we could receive grace and forgiveness for our sins. And likewise, we as Christians are called by God to forgive others. If you're here today or if you're watching online and you're not a Christian, first off, we are so glad that you're here. We're so glad that you're joining us. Welcome. But let me tell you something. You're off the hook. You're off the hook on this one. But followers of Jesus, if you call yourself a follower of Jesus, we are called by Scripture to forgive as God forgave us. Colossians 3.13 says this, Bear with each other and forgive one another if any of you has a grievance against someone. Forgive as what? The Lord forgave you. How do we forgive? How do we forgive one who doesn't deserve forgiveness? How do we forgive someone who's wronged us so badly? We forgive as the Lord forgave us. That's how we forgive. If you bear with me, I'll, I'll open up today and tell you a little bit about my relationship with my dad. Many of you know he passed away in November. And, and I grew up in what I would call a dream family. From as far as I can remember, my parents have been the most encouraging people in my life. Uh, my dad and I connected with a mutual love for sports and learning and education. He and my mom built within me a sense of self-confidence that really has been unshakable throughout my life, that God created me with certain gifts, and they believed in me, and they, they loved me unconditionally. But that's not to say that my family didn't have dysfunction in my childhood. We had tons of dysfunction and family crisis growing up. My parents almost got divorced several times in my childhood. And as I grew up, I became more and more aware of my dad's imperfections and things that he had done in his life that hurt my mom. That he, just like all of us, was imperfect. And those imperfections, as they became more obvious to me as I got older, issued into my heart a very significant wound. In high school, I became a follower of Jesus as a freshman in high school. And a few years after that, God revealed to me that I had some unfinished issues, that I had some unforgiveness in my heart towards my dad. And the Spirit of God dealt with me through God's Word and through His power. God enabled me to do what was right and to begin this process to forgive my dad for those wounds. So here's what I want you guys to hear today. My dad and I became very close in my adult years, not because we didn't wound each other, because we did. We became close because we forgave one another. We did not become close because of the absence of pain. It was a lot of pain. We became close because of the power of forgiveness, because of the presence of forgiveness. And that's what God wants from us, to forgive as the Lord forgave you. Maybe the Spirit of God will speak to some sons and daughters today to forgive their fathers. Maybe the Spirit of God will speak to some dads today to forgive their kids. Heroes, you have a great and incredibly important calling in your life. The first thing we do is we acknowledge the wound. The second thing we do is we forgive through Christ. And then number three, the hero must accept his father through Christ. The hero must accept his father through Christ. In Scripture, Romans 15, 7 says this. It says, accept one another then just as Christ accepted you in order to bring praise to God. Men and women, if your dad hurt you, remember, he was wounded too. That thought 
just might change your life and set you free. I was an adult before I started to put those kinds of pieces of the puzzle together, and I realized, you know what? My dad carries around baggage from his own past, his own childhood, his own experiences with him, that, that he has wounds in his life that I knew nothing about. If you've been hurt, rather than walk around with anger and bitterness, which will destroy you and wound people around you, maybe even impact your kids and the next generation, instead, be full of love and compassion, and realize that you were hurt by someone who was wounded as well. And here's a thought. Love and accept your dad for who he is, not for who you wanted him to be. Because when you were a child, you had an idea of who he was that he could never live up to. No man could, okay? Not even this guy could live up to it, all right? The sound guys did that, all right? That's, that's on TJ right there. I'll get you back, TJ. Some of you need to love your kids in the same way. Love them for who they are, not for who you hoped they would be. Your kids deserve that. They deserve you to love them for who they are, not for who you hoped they would be. Now, what I'd like to do in our remaining time today is I want to transfer the focus from talking about fathers to talking about the future generation, our sons and daughters. One of the awesome verses, in my opinion, in all of Scripture is when Jesus was baptized by John the Baptist. When Jesus came out of the Jordan River in Matthew 3, 17, it says, Heaven split open, and God the Father spoke these words to his Son. So here we are. Here we are hearing the heart of the perfect father speaking to his kid, saying this, this is my son whom I love. With him, I am well pleased. The most significant emotional words a father could speak. This is my child. This is my kid who I'm crazy about. An unconditional love that no one can take away. I love you, kid. And you know what? I can't begin to tell you how proud I am of you, how infinite my love is for you. There, there's something when a father can communicate that to a child that's just powerful. My wife and I, we try so hard to communicate that message to our children. My wife snuggles our, our little two-year-old boy, Lincoln, at night and says, you're my little man. You're my handsome boy. I say, Lincoln, who's awesome? He says, me. Lincoln, who's smart and brave? Who's our little hero? He says, me. The father, the mother, the hero builds up and empowers the next generation. Two thoughts on this if you're taking notes. Number one, the hero empowers their children with love. The hero empowers their children with love. God said to Jesus, this is my son whom I what? Love whom I love. Men, a lot of us may have been raised by a father who didn't know how to show emotion well. Maybe he had trouble with showing emotion. Maybe he had a hard time saying, I love you or showing it. Men of God, we need to break that cycle and not repeat the mistakes of past generations. We must learn to do whatever it takes to show our kids the kind of love God the Father showed to God the Son. One of the problems with us guys is we don't even know how to compliment one another sometimes, do we? We don't. I mean, we compliment other guys. We often do it with a cut down. Hey, Barry, how'd a big, fat, ugly, bald guy like you get a babe like that for a wife? Ha, ha, ha. Thanks a lot, right? Those are the kind of compliments we give. Hey, everybody, let me introduce you to my buddy Ross. He's a great guy. He can fart the whole alphabet. Ha, ha, ha. Those are the kind of compliments we give our friends, right? Thanks a lot. Shucks. You didn't have to mention that, right? Usually the only way we compliment as men is achievements. We talk about the different achievements that we do as men. But in the lives of our sons and daughters, we need to compliment not just their achievements, but we need to compliment their character and their heart and their passion for God. Whenever they show a passion for God, we should compliment that. We should celebrate that. I tell my five kids all the time, I love you. I can't tell you how much I love you. I love you with God's love, not for what you do, but for, for who you are. You're so special. God uniquely created you. 
I love your heart. I love the way you honor your mom. I love the way you worship Jesus. I love the fact that you pray. I love the fact that you want me to pray for you. I love the fact that you want your mom and I, you know, to, to pray with you on the way to school. I love the fact that you're compassionate and that you value people. I love the fact that you look at people for what's on the inside, not just what's on the outside. I love that you're not swayed by what your friends are all doing, but that you want to follow what God is saying in your life. Son, daughter, I love you so much. If I started now and I talked about it for the rest of my life, I would never be able to tell you enough how much I love you and how proud I am of who you are. I'm blessed to be your father. A hero of God empowers their children with love. Number two, a hero empowers their children with affirmation. A hero empowers their children with affirmation. This is my son whom I love. With him I am what? Well pleased. I'm blown away. I'm so proud I can't see straight. I am well pleased. Why is it that little kids want their mom and dad to watch everything they do? Have you ever noticed that? Hey, watch me, dad. Watch me, mom. Hey, watch this. Watch this. Watch this. Look at this. How many times as a parent have we heard a kid say that? If you're a parent and your kid has ever said that to you, raise your hand right now. Look around the room. Everybody, right? Our kids do that all the time. My eldest, Liberty, is 19 years old. Right now, one of the things that she does is she designs and sells amazing pin art. She's into anime, and she designs and sells this pin art. Um, even at 19 years old, she comes to me excited to show me her designs. Dad, what do you think about this design? Do you think this looks good? What do you think of this? My daughter, Lexi, is 17. She's on the worship team. She wants me to hear a song that Pastor Jim has her working on. Dad, what do you think of this song? What do you think about this? Her and her younger sister, Casty, they showed Julie and me a new TikTok dance they're learning. What do you think of this dance? You want to try to do it? No way. I can't do that, right? My 10-year-old, Jace, learned to solve a Rubik's Cube this year. He wants to show me literally every day how fast he can solve this Rubik's Cube. My two-year-old, Lincoln, poops on the potty. He's hollering, Dad, look at this. Check this out. Look what I just did. This is awesome. High five. My wife, Julie's like, yeah, Dad, look at what he did. Here's a wipe. Get to work. Amen, women? Right. Side note, men of God, there are some single moms in our church community that maybe God has placed in your path and one of the most Christ-like things that you can do is to become a hero and a positive male role model for God in the life of a child who might not have that right now in their life. I am so thankful for the men in this church who have stepped up to become small group leaders in Lighthouse Kids, our children's ministry, and Fuse, our student ministry, who have willingly taken all the steps that they have to go through, and it's not a simple pro process in this church to serve with 0 to 18 age. They've had to go through criminal background checks. They've had to be a part of this church for over six months. They have to go through training with Pastor TJ, Pastor Amanda, Pastor Julie, and they volunteer their time to serve the next generation. There are several of you men like Ted Bennett, who organizes hikes and kayak trips and serves each Sunday, mentoring and pouring into the next generation. Now, now for some of you, you were blessed and you grew up in a home where your dad told you regularly that he was proud of you. For others of you, you never had that growing up. And, and for some of you, your insecurity and anxiety and depression or, or anger stems from the fact that you are still waiting for a dad to affirm you and be proud of you. And for some of you, for whatever the reason, your earthly father may never be able to do that for you in this lifetime. And this is the biggest wound and source of pain that you carry with you through your life. You want your dad to be proud of you so, so, so bad. Well, if that's you today, I want you to know something. I have some really good news for you because you have a true and ultimate father. That father is the Lord God Almighty, your heavenly father. And he is so proud of you. And he notices you. And he's aware of everything that you've gone through in this life. And scripture says this in, in 1 John 3, last verse we'll look at and then we'll end today. It says, how great is the love that the father has lavished upon us 
that we should be called the sons and daughters of God. And that is what we are. The reason the world does not know us is that it did not know him. Dear friends, now we are the children of God. And what we will be has not yet been made known. But we know that when he appears, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. Everyone who has this hope in him purifies himself just as he is pure. Heroes, here's the one truth that can clear out all the wounds and all the scars and all the garbage in your life and set you free. Your greatest need to have a dad that knows you and loves you and notices you and is proud of you is fully met in Jesus Christ. Men, God has called you his son. Women, the God of this universe has called you his daughter, his princess. God has been with you through every failure and through every success. He was on the front row of your life, cheering you on. When you experienced tragedy, when you were down, when you didn't know if you could even get back up again, God was screaming your name. He was saying, get up, get up, don't quit. You're my kid, I love you. I've got you, get up, I believe in you. When you experience success and triumph in life, God was giving you a standing ovation, saying, that's my daughter, that's my son, look at him, that's my kid. And this deep desire in your heart for a father can never be filled by the things of this world. The bigger, faster, newer, shinier, it can only be filled by embracing a relationship with your heavenly father. Some of you need to stop killing yourself, seeking the approval of an earthly father who has his own issues. You have a dad who notices you, who loves you, and who longs to walk with you daily through your life. He's your heavenly father, and he thinks you're absolutely amazing. Amazing. He loves you. He loves you. Heroes, you have an incredible call. Men, fathers, you have an incredible call to build up, equip, and release the next generation of heroes into the world. God wants you to send them out to do incredible things for his glory. But first, first, you need a healed heart. Let him heal your heart. Can we pray this morning? Heads bowed. Father God, we pray in the name of Jesus today that you would bring healing to wounded hearts. God, I acknowledge there might be some great pain represented here today. Those who've been hurt, wounded, neglected, abused, those who've suffered all kinds of pain. God, we, we trust you as the great physician that you can bring healing we acknowledge you're the only one who can bring healing. And God, we also acknowledge there is no wound that's too great that you can't heal. God, we pray that you, would, that you would help us today to be able to identify what that wound might be, what those hurts might be, and that God, you would give us the courage to pick it up, to examine it, to, to enter into that pain. God, give us the courage to experience some, some short-term kind of pain of examining a wound for long-term healing. God, give us the power to forgive. God, give us the power to love. God, give us the power to accept. God, bring healing into our lives so we don't pass along cycles of hurt, but instead, we pass along healing. With heads still bowed around the room, those of you who would say, that's my prayer today, God. God, I've been carrying around a wound for a long time. I need healing. God, would you give me healing today? If that's you, would you just raise up a hand as an act of faith between you and God?
Say, God, I just need that healing. Praise God. Praise God. Hands going up everywhere today. Praise God. Father, I pray in the name of Jesus for everyone who just lifted a hand right now and just had the courage to acknowledge I have a wounded heart. I pray that you, God, would do the work for healing. God, you do what, what we might see as impossible, that you would be the one who would enter through the power of your Holy Spirit into years of pain and hurt, and that you would bring healing, God. We know you can. We trust you, God. Our hearts are open to you to work right now, all day, all month, for the rest of our lives. We seek you, God, to bring healing in a way that only you can. And we thank you in advance for what you're gonna do. For other, others of us in the room right now, Father God, we might acknowledge today that we were blessed with, a, with an earthly father who just was, was great in our lives, who was just an, an, an embodiment of our heavenly father. And for us today, it's, it's just saying, you know what? We need to respond to that and we need to, we need to let them know. And we need to thank God for that. And so for those of us in that position, again, I would challenge you to let them know. If they're no longer with you, to take time in prayer today and to thank God for the blessing they were in your life and the gift that they were to you. God, we love you and we thank you ultimately for being our perfect heavenly father, the one who is always there, the one who cares. We love you and we praise you. In Jesus' name we pray. Let's stand together as we continue to just celebrate and respond as God speaks to us and the worship team leads us. Blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. Oh, what a foretaste of glory divine, heir of salvation, purchase of God, born of His Spirit, washed in His blood. This is my story, this is my song, praising my Savior all the day long. This is my story, this is my song. Praising my Savior all the day long. Perfect submission, all is at rest. I and my Savior am happy and blessed. Watching and waiting, looking above, filled with His goodness, lost in His love. This is my story, this is my song. My Savior all the day long. This is my story. This is my song. Praising my Savior all the day long. Let's sing that chorus one more time today. This is my story, this is my song, 
perfect marks on our souls and upon our hearts, Lord. We know, God, that you are the God of all healing, the, the God who loves us unconditionally with that perfect fatherly heart, Lord, who can cleanse every wound and help us to go forth this week afresh and new, strengthened, healed, encouraged, lifted up, to go forth and bless others in our lives in our family, in our workplaces, in our homes, in our communities. And so, Lord, let us go forward from here, God-confident, expressing the joy and peace that comes from a real relationship with you, our Heavenly Father. We thank you, Lord, and we pray blessing upon all of the men in this church today. We ask that you would just pour out grace upon grace into each, each man, each, each father. Lord, and we ask that you would just work abundantly in their homes and in their lives. In Jesus' precious name, amen and amen. Happy Father's Day, everyone. Have a great day and a great week. God bless. This is my story. This is my song. Praising my Savior. Savior 